0: This podcast is part of the National Archives' Voices of the Armistice campaign, commemorating 90 years since the end of the First World War. Hear more voices at nationalarchives.gov.uk forward slash armistice. Part 4 or 5. My name is William Spencer. I'm the Principal Military Specialist at the National Archives at Kew. W.O. 95 stroke 1495. In accordance with Field Service Regulations of 1909, Part 2, it was the responsibility of all units in the field to keep a day-to-day account of their activities. These records are known as unit war diaries. In accordance with King's Regulations, it was not allowed for individuals to keep their own personal diaries whilst in the front line. What follows are extracts from such diaries which are, in many cases, very unusual. September 9th 1914, Wednesday. Arose 3.30 and left the village as we were in danger of being shelled out. I am with the company, a signaler. We are escort to Brigade Transport. We are in touch still all round with the enemy. We are now resting in Le Fais and have been told we stay here all day. The battle still continues, and we are in pursuit. I'm spitting off my best French for to benefit everybody once again, officers and all, and we are again enjoying the kindness of the French people, and again with the transport owing to foot troubles. 3pm we are still resting here, and shall do so by all appearances. They are making a bridge over the river for our troops to pass over. Things are fairly quiet at present. A party of ours has just come in from saint Lazare to join us. Captain Conlan made Major and now takes over the battalion. We remained in the village all night and I done pick it for a time. Had a good feed up of food and wine, for which we have all benefited. A good sleep would work marvels now with us. September 10th, 1914, Thursday. We passed over the pontoon bridge at 9am today and are now on the German line of retreat. The state of the place is awful. It's impossible to describe the state of affairs. Houses upside down, bottles in thousands. It's impossible for anyone to describe the state this place is in. They have blown up a new bridge and delayed our advance, but we are over the river now and are going after our battalion. We have passed through Le sous Soujois, but still the line of retreat is blazed plain. In my idea, the Germans must all be drunk, for wine must have been poured out. The battalion had halted here for an hour, and motorcycles are flying by us as if on speed trial. It is all haste and speed. War is now a game of haste. Big guns, powerful motorcycles and aeroplanes. If one could only sit and put in writing the ever-changing scenes of this war, we would have a wonderful tale to read over. I myself cannot put even a small idea of how it is, and will not try to. It is all for one thing to kill quickly, and as many as possible, and to gain something else, money and land, all for greed of gold and supremacy is the sole cause of the whole of Europe flying at each other's throats. When the word peace is told us, how glad we all shall be, and roll on that day, we rested in the chateau at Koshoel, under a barn roof. September the 11th, 1914. Friday. Rose at 3.30, fought amongst ourselves for food till 4am. Ran from the village and now in Coulomb, still passing German camps and the same sights. Cold day and rainy, just halted for 30 minutes. Now at 12.40 we have halted here for breakfast. What a hell this regiment is getting. You were driven here, bullied there, chased, moaned at till your temper is like five, and one swears and curses and you are nearly in tears with rage. How I hate this blasted lot. It makes one damn miserable with everyone. We are now in Passy, which is on the hilltops. It has rained heavily, and all is very cold, wet, and miserable. We have just had a spoonful of rum, and we need it very much. The guns have begun again. The French, it sounds like, and we hope it is. Oh, this is awful. No one can imagine water there at it. Every living thing suffers by it. Where I sit to write, the sheep with lambs in hundreds are starving, crying loudly without ceasing. The Kaiser may be a curse forever. May he never sleep peaceful again, the mad fiend. May he never find rest, even after death. If only the people of England could see the red ruin which is marked after his trail, they would re-echo my words. One cannot describe the state of affairs in this land of France, and how we all burn to crush the cur and his ideas. We must finish him, for if not, we shall never be safe. Today, as we plodded along, weary, footsore, wet and dirty, we imagined our homes in England... The return home of the man who is lucky enough to remain at work. His return home. A fire, a bed, a cup of tea, if wet, a change of clothes. All comfort. And we compared our own personal condition here. Day by day, an hourly, nay a minutely walk with death. He is your companion, always grimly walking by you. We are only soldiers, hired assassins as predictionary, and million-mouthed politicians who, before danger is near, cry shame on us. But now who sends us forth to defend him and his home to this? Oh God, give us peace soon. Flesh and blood has even its limits, and we are all very near. Darkness is here now. I can no longer see and my heart is heavy. I put the closing words to this entry at 5.30am on the 12th. September 12th, 1914. Saturday. After a pretty fairish rest, we arose at 2am, got our rations under much better conditions than yesterday, and stood to arms at 3.30. Have just received three letters dated 23rd August. I must have a few more to come I'm sure. We have no orders as yet for today and we are hoping for a rest even for a few hours. We left at 7.30am and marched till 1pm and are now halted till 2pm. It is raining again and there is a heavy jewel again on the left. We are still in the darkest to our movements and I am nearly fed up again. We marched all day passing through several villages and had plenty of rain all day and at night it poured right throughout. We had to go all night and I collapsed and laid up in Venezuela. September 13th 1914, Sunday. God's day of rest. Again on this we are engaged in a great battle, we are after a German convoy, having made a flank march all night. I could not complete it so fell out I am now in B Company's ammunition party and having a well earned meal. We are still wet through. My clothes are full of sand and mud but thank god I am still alive. The guns have quite sport all the sunshine here. I join a battalion again at La Montaigne Ferme, which is on the hillside overlooking a long, fair valley. We are on the right of the line, and from our position we have a good view of the whole battle line. Guns all round us everywhere. The boom and rattle shake the place and the valley has become a stretch of death. There are two towns on my left, and houses are burning in each from the German shell fire. As to what the position of affairs is, we private soldiers know nothing. We live in hopes of it being favourable to us, but the issue of all things is in higher hands than ours. We are but units in the terrible game of war, and count but little singly yet, we all have our hearts and souls which live and love to do so. How we all do long for peace. What will happen when it does come I cannot say, but for myself I shall, if saved, thank God for his providence and mercy, because if ever death is nearer to any man than the soldier on service, more often he is in a most terrible state written at 1am, or thereabouts, under a straw rick in front of our line of trenches. We lay beneath this rick till dark, and during the afternoon we were shelled many times, and we were very glad when darkness again covered us. We lost two men, and a few wounded. This is the third day of this battle. September 14th, 1914. Monday. 12.15pm. The battle began at 4.30am has raged till now without cessation and for miles around us the roar of guns is heard. We have neither gained nor lost ground. To my knowledge, we appear to be doing most of the firing at the present time. We are also waiting for the French to appear on the left. We hear the roll at times of the mitrailleurs. It is raining a little again. 3.30 am, still hard at it. We have made no advance to retreat. We are holding our own well. The Seaforths have got it hot and have many wounded. I've just had some spuds boiled and one onion with little breadcrumbs. My word was like a feast. I did not lick the pot out, but very near. It did not want washing much, I can tell you. We kept up signalling communication with the SLI in Dublins till 6pm when we came in and cooked supper and retired for a few hours. This podcast is a recording of extracts taken from records at the National Archives and is a copyright of The Crown.